Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. I'm so excited to be here talking with Nikki Roush from Sales Maven today. Nikki, thanks for joining me. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great. It's so good to get to spend this time with you. Yay, this is cool. Um, so I want to jump right in and I want, I mean, I think what you do and um, just we'll leave it with what you do for now, but what you do has so much value uh, to different businesses, but we're talking about agencies today. So talk about Sales Maven and what you do and, and how you got into what you're doing. Yeah. So Sales Maven is a company that provides sales training, and I really specialize in the conversation of sales. So teaching people how to have a structure and a strategy to a sales conversation so that they seamlessly guide somebody from that initial conversation to the place where we actually exchange dollars for services or product. And mm -hmm. I work with people in a couple different ways. I do private coaching. I do classes. I have a membership. But as far as agency owners, a lot of times what they're bringing me in for is to teach their team that are customer facing how to like add on sales, mm -hmm. how to um, you know, move somebody that's on a small retainer to a bigger retainer and how to do all that really easily that doesn't come across pushy and aggressive. It's all this idea of like, can we teach your team how to create curiosity so that people want to know more? So they're asking questions. And so that's, that's me. That's what I do. Oh, I love that. So what's your backstory? How'd you get into this? So my backstory is I come from a corporate sales background. I had a lot of success um, in the tech industry mm -hmm. for many years. I was a top producing rep in North America for one of the bigger companies in the world. And, um, you know, the traveling sales rep that was going, <laughs> like I was, I always joke that this is not actually a joke, but my airline, I used to fly so much that my airline used to send me a Christmas gift. Wow. So, you know, like <laughs> I was the total traveling road wire. And uh, while I was having a successful sales career, I also started studying neurolinguistic programming. And mm -hmm. so that's a new term to anybody listening. It's really the study of communication. And I initially started studying NLP because I thought it would teach me how to be a better salesperson from the aspect of relationship first, you know, building strong rapport. And uh, it definitely improved my sales skills. But what it really did was made me a better communicator, which then improved all the relationships in my life. And hmm. so now what I do is I bring my corporate sales background, combine it with my NLP experience. And that's what I teach people is how to have more effective conversations, how to have more influence in a conversation and how to guide people kind of through a process so that it feels easy, not just for you as the seller, but easy for the buyer mm -hmm. to be in that conversation with you. So you say guide. And to me, that, mm -hmm. that means that you're almost alluding to the fact that the person selling might be in control of the process. I would want them to be in control <laughs> of the process. Now, I will say that I do think sales to me is something that you do with people, mm -hmm. not to them. Because I think one of the misconceptions out there is that 
sales is manipulative and it's one of those things like, you know, you got to convince people to buy from you. And I do not buy into that mentality at all. I think that sales is something that you do with people. Mm -hmm. And the way you do with conversation (laughs) is you learn how to ask really strategic questions. You you know kind of where you are in the process and you know what's the next logical step and how to get there and issue invitations so that the person who's in conversation with you feels really seamless in the process. The worst thing that can happen is somebody's in a sales conversation and they expect the the prospect to know what to do or say next. Right. That's not the prospect's job. That's your job. And it's your job to guide. And when you guide and, and, and I say guide rather than lead because lead feels like I'm dragging you behind me right. and I'm going like, come on, come on, come on. But guide is just like, hey, is this the right next step for us? Should we do this next thing? And then the person gets to decide, yeah, let's let's do this next thing together. Is is the guide also somewhat more um, subconsciously pulling? Like, you know, I, I'm picturing like, you know, two people in the woods, like, hey, we should go over there. And then the buyer quote unquote is like oh yeah that sounds like you're influencing me to go over there is it is it an influential thing or is it like yeah okay and yeah for sure it's yeah so it's kind of this so there's in nlp there's something known as pacing and leading okay and one of the big mistakes that people often make in a sales conversation is they try to just go right into the lead but you know imagine standing you know on the side of the street and somebody you don't know comes up to you and grabs you by the wrist and says like follow me you're probably going to pull your wrist away and be like, who are you? Why? Yeah. But if they come up and they pace you first and they kind of figure out where you are and what your style is and they're willing to adjust their own style, then when they say, hey, would you be willing to you know, walk over here with me? You're probably more likely to be like, yeah, sure, let's go. Yeah. So that's what I mean by guide is you have to pace first before you try to lead and in any conversation in sales, I think there has to be a balance of power. Mm-hmm. So you can't be the person who's like, this is all about me. We're going to do it my way. You know, you're going to do what I say because, you know, the client, frankly, will go somewhere else because <laughs> they'll be like, I don't, I don't like this, you know, opportunity here or I don't, I don't like how this is coming across. But if they hold all the power, if you give your client all the power or prospect in a conversation, they'll abuse it. Yeah. That's just human nature. And they won't think, they won't treat you like a peer, like this is a collaborative experience and it should be. So there needs to be a balance of power. You don't give all the power to the client and you don't try to take all the power for yourself. Either. And I think, I think establishing that early on is essential for once you're engaged, you've already established this is how the relationship's going to work best, where so many you know, engaged relationships, uh, you know, client partnership relationships are abusive because it's probably starts in that pre-sale, in, you know, uh, just choppy relationship and treating each other poorly and not knowing how to respect each other and not knowing how to ask the right questions. Like you were saying, once you get into the work that you're doing, so many agencies like how oh, this, this client is so abusive and you should have seen that way long ago, red flags all over the place and, and tapped out. So, yeah, absolutely. I love that you said that. Yes, you should have tapped out. Yeah. I think in business, it's really important to understand that not everybody makes for a good client. Yeah. And it is absolutely okay to what I call bless and release. You know, if I get a <laughs> sense of talking to somebody and I think this person is going to be impossible to coach or, 
you know, every once in a while I get people who just want to prove to me how, how good they are at sales. Yep. So they want to negate everything I say. Well, if that's the, that's the case, like good for them. I, I will salute and honor that you're really good at sales, but I have nothing to contribute here. Therefore, I'm not going to waste time and energy yeah. trying to, you know, have somebody be open to actually being coached. So in that case, I'm going to bless and release and do it as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So as to not, not waste their time, but also not waste mine. My time is valuable just like theirs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. My, my red flag is typically ego because mm -hmm. I don't feel like somebody's going to be open mind to the guidance that I can offer them. If they come in knowing how great their agency is already doing. And if it's doing so great, maybe you should save the money that you would invest in working with me also. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'd, I'd rather work with people where we can make great strides together than just have another agency on my roster. It's not worth it to me. So yeah, I totally yeah. get that. You talk a lot about relationship selling versus traditional sales. Um, talk about what is that and how do you know, kind of how do people jump into that side of sales as opposed to knocking on doors and trying to, you know, shove a vacuum in somebody's face. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm not a big fan of cold calling. Mm -hmm. So I think you you have to learn how to warm up your cold, your cold calls. Now, again, I come from a corporate background. Believe me, I've dialed for dollars like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. So I understand the concept of cold calling. I just think in our day and age and where we are, people are just getting bombarded mm -hmm. with it. And so it can be you know, less than effective. I, I also kind of refer to it as it's like the shotgun approach to sales which, you know, you all know because you probably got five, 10, 20 emails today of people who you have no idea who they are and they're just showing up in your inbox or showing up in a voicemail to you, yep. trying to sell you on something that you're like, I never even indicated I was interested in this. Yeah. So warming up your calls, I think are really important. Um, and one of the easiest ways to warm up a call, which is also one of the ways that people tend to go to last but yet it's the most effective is to really utilize your network, utilize the people who know you, who believe in you, who understand the value that you bring to the table and ask them to make introductions to the right people on your behalf. Because mm -hmm. when you do that, the person who's making the introduction on your behalf, they already have some level of credibility with the person yep. they're making the introduction for. And so you get to ride the coattails of the credibility, right? Like this is even how you and I got connected is mm -hmm. somebody who we both know, I think and trust and like a lot said, Hey, you guys should get to know each other. Yes. Right now, if I had just shown up in your inbox, you probably would have been like, I don't know this chick. I'm not going <laughs> to give her the time of day. And because somebody made a connection for us, like we got to, we got to know each other. Right. And yeah. now we can have real conversation because you, you come in with this, like, Hey, I trust this person. They're probably not going to introduce me to somebody who's a total dud. Yeah. So I'll give this person some time and a little bit of my attention and see where it's going to go. Yeah. And so making, you know, asking people to make introductions on your behalf. Now there's a way to do it, to ask in a way that doesn't seem schmarmy and weird and awkward. And when you do it effectively, it can be an impactful way to grow business. Mm -hmm. So can we get into some of those tactical ways mm -hmm. that we can ask for referrals? Because so many people yeah. are like, I want to ask my current client for a referral. I don't know how or when, or I ask them and they forget and I don't want to be a pain in the butt. So, you know, whether it's a current client or somebody I know, I want to talk to Susan Jones and I see, you know, Fred, whatever his friends, you know, Fred Smith is Fred friends with her. Can I ask Fred for an intro? Like what are the different intro types you've got? 
Yeah. So one of the things you want to do, well, I'm going to say the thing you don't want to do is don't send out a broadcast message to everybody in your network mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I'm looking to grow my business. Can you introduce me to the people, you know, because right. that is such a generic, you know, kind of request. Mm-hmm. And so when you send out messages to everybody, it's kind of like talking to nobody. Mm-hmm. And when you send out a generic like request like that, it's kind of like asking people to solve world peace. Like most <laughs> people are going to go like, I give up. Yeah. I'm out. I don't know what to do with that. So I'm just going to move on. You're not really talking to me. You're talking to everybody. So the thing you want to do first and foremost is be really specific in who you ask. Mm-hmm. It needs to be somebody that you do have a real relationship with that knows you like really does know you. And the thing that the language that I often use is I start with, is it okay to ask you for a favor? Mm. And the reason I start with it as a question, so I don't, I don't just say like, Hey, I'm looking to grow my business. You know, would you introduce me to blah, blah, blah. That is all about me. But if you say, is it okay to ask you for a favor? It's still about me, but most people, even if you say that to them, even before they know what you're going to ask, they're already like shaking their head like, yeah, yeah, you can ask. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Right. So you've got, you've got permission right there by asking for the favor. And then you need to be really specific in what you're asking for. So don't ask them to, you know, um, do you know anybody that does blah, blah, blah? Because do you know anybody is a yes or no answer. Mm -hmm. So instead you in best case scenarios say, you know, I see that on LinkedIn, you're connected to Susan. I think you said Susan. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering, would you be willing to introduce us? And the reason for the introduction is, and it has to be for Susan's benefit in some way. Right. It can't just be like, the reason is because I really want to get some business out of her because <laughs> nobody's going to want to do that for you. So make That's not a valid so- ask. Darn. Right. No. Something specific. Like I noticed that, you know, Susan is growing her team and she might be interested in scaling her business as well. And that might entail training her new team members on how to talk about her business and teach them some selling skills. Would you be interested or would you be willing to make this introduction on her behalf? And then if you need to, you might even need to write up for them like what they could just cut and paste and say, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Hey, I want to introduce you to my buddy. And you know, this is what Steve does, or this is what Nikki does or whatever. But the more specific that you can be, the easier it is for people to take action on it. So if you make it really simple and like a really small task, Mm -hmm. most people, if they've got rapport with you are willing to do like to do you a solid. I mean, you know, you could ask me right now to introduce you to somebody and I'd be like, of course, I'd yeah. be happy to, right? Like it's it's that easy, but most people are going like, oh, I don't want to ask people because it feels weird and maybe they're going to think it's, you know, I'm being self-serving. But realistically, the thing that people often forget is that it actually feels really good to be the person who makes the connection for two people that find value in their relationship. Yeah. So even though you know, the person that you're asking to make the introduction doesn't necessarily get anything out of it, but they do. They get that good feeling of like, oh my gosh, I just connected, you know, I connected Steve and Nikki, which is what our friend can say now. And like, look what happened. They did a podcast together. They did this or they did that. And they get that good feeling. So don't rob people of having that good feeling. Be willing to ask them and don't just think that they'll just do it on their own a lot of times you have to plant that seed because they're busy yeah. and they're not going to think of it on their own. But if you ask, they're much more likely to do it. 
Yeah. I love looking back over the past, whatever, 15, 20 years and seeing specific dots in, in webs of people that I've connected and how those relationships have flourished and, and, and expanded. And I, it just warms my heart. I love it so much. So, yeah, I fully agree. There's, you know, the connector is, you know, it makes them look great, you know, especially when you take care of them. And I don't know, I just think it's a great, great thing. Um, what about best time in a relationship? So I win a new client because we've done this really great discovery and onboarding and we started working together. Do I wait till the end of the project? Do I wait till a year into the first retainer? Do I wait till after the first month? What's the best time on that to you? Do you think? The ultimate best time is when they are raving about something you've done. That's actually the best time to ask. Mm -hmm. So even if you're, you know, a week in and they're like, oh my gosh, you are so responsive. You've been so great. Like we feel so confident in the work that you're going to do for us. That's actually a really good time to ask because mm -hmm. they're at that heightened level of like, this is amazing. So I think sometimes people wait until the very, very end because they think, well, I can't ask too soon, yeah. but that's actually not true. Um, if you wait until the very, very end, a lot of times they'll forget all the highs, especially if it's a year later, right? They'll forget like, oh my gosh, a weekend, Steve was blowing our minds, you know, two months in, he had completely transformed our business, you know, six months in, he did this, he did that a year in, they're like, yeah, he's pretty cool. It's like, wait, no, you forgot about like, remember how you felt about him a weekend and two months in yeah. and six months in when you were like, dang, look at how our business has changed because of the work that he's done with us. That's actually the best time to ask for a connection and a referral. So strike while the iron's hot. Don't worry about really when it actually is, but wait till they're raving fans. Yeah, you need to do something, right? Like you can't just um, meet somebody, shake their hand, and they'd be like, hey, you know, can you do me a solid? <laughs> that's that's kind of, you know, yeah. rushing through the relationship. So do something to show, to demonstrate your expertise, to to demonstrate the value that you bring. And most of the time people will acknowledge the value. And then that is the best time to ask. Yeah. Value is the big, biggest word there for me. Um, so I love that. What about, you mentioned in agency space, one of the things that you do is help the, you say the customer relationship people expand those accounts without it making it seem like they're selling or expanding. Um, what are some of the things that you can talk about there? So one of the things, so I kind of maybe mention this, but it's around teaching your team how to create a little curiosity. Mm -hmm. Curiosity is a big thing that I teach. And it's, um, I have a five-step process for a sales conversation and it's step two. And it's the most misstep because most people don't think about, should I create curiosity? Do I know how to create curiosity? So one way is, let's say that you're working with a client and you get a sense that they also might benefit from some other service that you provide. Mm -hmm. First of all, don't assume that they know about this other service. Even if you talk to them about it at some mm -hmm. point, don't assume that they remember because they probably don't because right. it wasn't relevant to them at the time. So if your, your customer-facing person is having a conversation with them, one of the ways that they could plant this, I call it the curiosity seed, they could plant the seed is to say, you know, based on our conversation that we had last time, it got me thinking about something else that you might benefit from. Mm. Now, pause and then say, would you be interested in hearing more about that? 
don't just say it got me inter you know, it got me thinking about something else we offer. You should do this and you should sign up for this thing and it costs you more money and blah, blah, blah. That's like rushing through the sale. You didn't actually create any curiosity, but by asking if they're open to hearing about it, they're going to lean in and be like, tell me more. What's that about? Now they're more open to hearing it. So it doesn't sound like a big sales pitch. It sounds like here's something of potential value for you because they've given you permission to actually talk about it. So it's really, really important that you train your team on how to do these, these little plant seeds of curiosity because it will open the door, you know, for this, this business. And I'm a big fan of increasing lifetime value of clients and increasing lifetime value of your offers Mm -hmm. because, you know, the best business to earn is repeat business, frankly. It's also the cheapest business. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, uh, and I hope you take this as a compliment. The way you the way you phrased that line sounded very much like a line from Boiler Room. Uh, if you ever oh. saw that movie with Giovanni <laughs> yeah. Ribisi, because yes. he was just like a ridiculous salesman, and he'd get on the phone and be like, you know, I don't know. It just sounded like like similar to a line that he would have thrown out there to to close <laughs> somebody. But um, and I just I hold I like him it. in that movie in such high regard. So it's totally a compliment. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I'll take it as such. <laughs> but so, so people that are, you know, account managers dealing directly with clients, building those relationships on behalf of the agency. I mean, that's not a thing. You can't create that curiosity on every update call on, on every status call on every, even every quarterly call. Um, you know, typically it's maybe twice a year or, you know, once a year when the account is in review again, you can talk about these kinds of things. Is there a cadence or frequency when these kinds of conversations should be having, should be having had? Well, I do think it is something that you can plant some seeds a few times throughout the year. So even Mm -hmm. if you're like, well, we're not really up for review. One of the other ways that you can do this, that is just, again, it's just like planting a seed is let's say for instance, the, the client asks a question about something. Now, one of the things that we train our people to do is like, you get a question, you give an answer. Yet, you can actually do one other thing instead. You're still going to give the answer, but this is in addition to giving the answer. So instead of just giving the answer, you could say, you know, there's actually, that's actually something that we do for our clients that are in the higher level retainer package. Um, If you're ever interested, I'm happy to chat with you about it. But here's the answer. So you just planted the seed of like, mm-hmm. hey, there's another level or there's a way that for you to get this or, you know, whatever that is. Don't be afraid to do that when you get asked questions, because, again, mm-hmm. they may not go. It may not just like turn the light bulb on for them necessarily right then in the moment. But it is something that then when you bring it back up, when you're about to renew the contract, now you've they're like, oh, this isn't the first time they're hearing about it. And so. Right. People have what's known as a convincer strategy. I don't know if you're familiar with this. No. So a convincer strategy, we all have it and it's all context specific. So in certain areas of your life, you know, you might be the kind of person like you hear about something one time and you're like, I'm totally, I'm in. Or there's other areas of your life where you're like, the first time you hear about it, you go, nah, not for Mm -hmm. me. And then you hear about it again or you see something again and you go, "Mm, yeah, I don't really understand why anybody would want that. And then, you know, again, depending on your convincer strategy, at some point you might start to go, maybe I should 
be thinking about that because this keeps coming up. Like maybe there's a reason it keep, keeps coming up. And then pretty soon you're like, I totally am going to buy that thing. I mean, this is why you get shown the same ads <laughs> over and over and over again on social media is because they understand that there's something co called a convincer strategy. So it's not your job to convince people, but it is your job to continue to try to reach their convincer strategy yeah. and let them decide for themselves. So you don't necessarily always want that, you know, at the contract renegotiation for that to be the first time they're hearing about something. You want to have planted those seeds a few times because now they might be much more open to hearing about it because you've planted some seeds along the way. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. I love that. And, and I feel like that's a thing that I've definitely, definitely, definitely done over the years. But the way you frame it, it's like brand new positioning right there. And I don't know that I've ever heard the phrase, that phrase of convincer strategy. But yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Um, I want to spend the next, I don't know, minute before we jump off, uh, totally shift gears, jump into some random, uh, not so random um, rapid fire questions. So Okay. Real quick, what's a big takeaway you had from 2022 that you carried into 2023, a big change for you? I think the biggest change for me <clears throat> was realizing um, how honestly to utilize my team better and mm -hmm. that I really needed to up my leadership skills. That was Ooh, I love my that. big, like, yeah, yeah, big takeaway for me in 2022. What, what is a book, podcast, audio book or show or something that you just can't get enough of today? Well, okay. So this is <laughs> this is not business related, but it's the Smartless podcast. Oh. Have you heard about the Smartless podcast? Binge it regularly. So I love them. I I love it so much. They mm -hmm. it, I just find it to be one of the most entertaining things out there today. Yeah. So after everybody listens to this, tune into Smartless, um, but only after you hear Nikki's podcast and my podcast through and through. Uh, Nikki, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us and uh, for everybody that's listening. Um, check out the show notes. Nikki has uh, specific content just for agency owners for sales strategies. Is that it? An ebook? Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, it's a, um, I have a little mini training that talks through my five steps of the sales conversation. Awesome. So you can get it. Um, and it's just, it's really mastering the sales conversation is what the training's about. You can let your team watch it. You can watch it and you can get it for free just by going to your salesmaven.com forward slash bite. So that's for your, and it's B-Y-T-E awesome. for your audience. Great. Nikki, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today. <laughs>